Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this and you're tuned in to the only sports podcast that has brains and bars. It's a black and white thing featuring A1 and A Ward. I am one half of the dynamic duo. I am A1. You can also call me Carlos. You can call me Dan, as you can see by my screen name. You can also call me a black man. Um, you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, uh, selecting It's a Black and White Thing um, in the search tab or searching for Brains and Bars. Um, you can find that wherever the good podcasts are found. We're on Google Play, Spotify. We're also live on YouTube. First of all, I think we referenced this the last time we did a show. We have crossed our first kind of major threshold. That is 100 subscribers. So thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the show. Continue to subscribe. Continue to like. Hit the notification bell so you can be notified every time we go live or every time a new video drops. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for everyone who has watched, shared um, the broadcast so far. We really appreciate it. We're also live on my Facebook page. We're live on the It's a Black and White Thing uh, Facebook profile as well as the Twitter profile. Um, you can find that just by searching at Brains and Bars on Facebook, Twitter, or IG. Um, trying to think, man. I am AWARDmerch.com for anything AWARD related. Um, I am AWARD.com, I believe, for any other info. Um, and yeah, man, like uh, we got a dope show for you tonight. Now, the homie A1 is not. A one a war, excuse me, is not in the building tonight, but I got my homie, my ace, Maurice Elston, contributor to Arrowhead Pride, also known as Reese Nichols. You know, he's in the building tonight holding it down in A War's absence. So, Reese, what's going on? What y'all you doing today? What's good with it, bro? Man, I cannot complain. I cannot complain. Happy to be here, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you jumping on with me. I'm gonna I'm be I'm gonna have a quick moment of transparency here. Right. So All as right. a, you know, quote unquote content creator, there are days where you just don't feel like doing this. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But he also is part of a trio that has a dope podcast, a men's relationship podcast. I don't know if that's the correct way to yeah, describe no, a, the a, podcast. A men's podcast that talks about relationships. No, thank you, like, thank well, you. Let's clear hey, that up. <laughs> hey, listen, 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 listen. We're not doing, hey, all these, all these men girl, are, right, right, right here. They're, so they're, sure they're in hetero relationships, so they talk about <laughs> things that pertain to men in relationships. Um, so if you have an interest in that, it's called Talk That Real. They just under yeah. underwent a name change, a brand change. It's yeah. called Talk That Real Podcast. So go and check them out, man. Those are good brothers. Shout out to B. Shout out to Los, man. Um, go check them out. You can find them wherever you find any all of the good podcasts where you find this podcast. They're also live, not live on YouTube, but you can also check them out by searching Talk That Real on YouTube. So, yeah, man, it's just some days, you know, like I have to get over myself and be like los like you got to get up and do it because if you don't because i know me it'll be two it'll be like two years before this this computer gets fired up again and i actually create some content man so i just want to say i get it all of the content creators out there man like you may not feel like it it may not end up being your best work but do it anyway because you get the reps you build up the 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 stamina is not the word I want to use there, but I don't know another word to use. Um, you build up the repetitions, you build up the muscle memory, you build up the the repertoire, if you will, or whatever words you want to use. It's man. the only way you're gonna stay relevant. Yeah. At this point, yeah. I mean, to, to, tomorrow will be my actually my third podcast of the week recording. 
And this is mm. that, that would only be Wednesday. So <laughs> I don't envy you, my brother. Arrowhead Pride Sunday night. Then we here tonight, and then we, we record for Talk That Real tomorrow, man. But see, I mean, at least in this one, right? You're not you're not respond. I don't know how much of the of the driving you're responsible for on Arrowhead Pride, right? I not know a lot. I, was- I contribute. They drive. I share, retweet stuff like that. You know. And see, that's right. that's the best part when you can just somebody like yo, we want you on. All right, bet what we doing? Just show up. Right. Cool versus. Hey, welcome to the show. Or you got to cut up clips, or you got to post. Well, the hard thing engage. is, like, I still got to write, so I still got to write for them in the <laughs> midst of the podcast. I mean, and most of the stuff that you probably see when it comes to social media, we talk that real is me. Yep. Okay. So B handles a lot of the editing and getting the video up, and then far as the social media marketing part falls on a lot of my shoulders. A lot of time, somebody else may post it, but I'm normally the creator of. it. So it's a lot. It can be a lot. Listen, listen. If somebody's out here, if you want to get your uh, editing chops up, get your social media chops up. I don't have money. I can't pay you. I can't. I. I. I don't really know other than hey, shout out this person. If it's you want, you know that. You know that's not true. I can. I can pay you very little. Very, very little. Very little money dollars. I might be able to throw like twenty dollars or something like once a month your way. But, you know, hey, if you want to come chop these clips up and post them, because your boy be like, because like for me, like, and we're going to get to the sports. We're going to get to the sports in a second. But it's like, you know, you get to. I forget that there's Hootsuite where you can post all this stuff online. Right. And you can set up the. But even with that, like, it's not I don't think it's such a thing as like a one one post for everything. Like you have to kind of build it out one by one by one. Like I said, it's this is first world problems, people, right? I don't want to make it seem like I am ungrateful. I'm not, I don't enjoy what I do, but it is work, it is time consuming. Um, and you know, yeah, you have to try to find it. Just being honest, yeah, you just got to find a space to do it. And just like today, I'm like, man, I don't know, but I'm like, we didn't record last week, and I know if I if I go two weeks in a row, then the engagement starts to fall in terms of listeners and all that good stuff. So we're keeping this thing rolling, man. We're going to keep it rolling. So with that being said, now that I've gotten my grievances out of the way, let's get into the, some sports talk, man. So last night, national championship game takes place. San Diego State takes on UConn. Um, UConn, basically, they were down early in the game. Um, by the way, shout out Mama Ward in the building. I threw her comment on the on the screen. Uh, shout out her for joining us tonight. Um, you know, I, I, UConn takes control of this game very early on. They don't relinquish control. I mean, they go on like a, like a, like I think it was like 14, 15 point run unanswered. They get the lead. They get it to double digits by half. And there was a one moment late in the second half where San Diego state gets it down. So it's, I think got it down as close as six. Um, And then once again, UConn puts on another finishing kick. They end up winning by double digits. Um, they become the third national. They become the third team to win a national championship to win every game by double digits, joining 2018 Villanova and 2009 North Carolina, winning all their games by double digits. They were incredibly dominant leading up to that point, really just blowing teams off the map. This one, again, they were never tr- once they got the lead, they were never truly threatened except for that one moment in the second half. So. From what from what you saw that game, like what was your thoughts on UConn's performance? I mean, UConn. I mean, honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that they was going to run it like the table like this. Honestly, I think I had them going to the Elite Eight. 
and then that was then that was it. And but as you seen them, you was like, man, they the best team right now in this tournament, and like it was no doubt about it. And I was pulling for San Diego State. I wanted the you know kind of the underdog to win. Um, but once 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 you know San Diego State came out came out hot, came out quickly and started quick. But once you kind of snatched them keys back, they was like. I, and I think like San Diego State made like a run second half, got it to within six or seven. Yep. And you kind of like nope. <laughs> it took it right back. It, and it was one play that I think that changed. It do had like a fast break layup and, and readjusted to, to try to miss the contact and blew it. And then and then went down there to, and they like hit a three or something. It was like yep, that, that, yep. That, that was it. That was that a was huge it. swing. That was a huge swing. Like it was like a five point down. swing. Yep, he came down. He had a, a shot blocker met him at the rim, and like you said, he tried to uh, adjust the midair. It just missed. UConn gets it back down the court, and they hit the three. And like you said, they kind of they they get it a little bit. I think they might have get it closer one more time after that. But then UConn goes on another run, and that was the game. And I'm in mean, so well. Oh my, that I is like it. That. Like that's the thing for me, bro. Like. Me personally, I enjoy like I love a good offensive basketball game. I love seeing teams go up and down. What I love for me, the apex of basketball is when you have a team, one who is defending their butt off. So I'll, I'll say like uh, think about the Rockets and uh, the Warriors in the playoffs where that game goes. It goes seven games. I think the war the Rockets missed like 27 threes in a row in that game seven. Chris Paul gets hurt. If Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, they win that game, by the way, That's yeah, in, my, in my opinion. But you watched how Houston defended them on that three-point line and running them off the three-point line and closing out hard, not over-committing, but at certain points, like, you still have two, two of the greatest shooters in, in, on the planet, two of the greatest shooters ever, and sometimes even with great defense, they're still able to, to score. I love that. But I love nothing more than to watch a team simply say, man up, we're locking you down. And that's what they did. They I mean, did. they they went like ten minutes, I think, in that first half without scoring a, a a shot from the field. They had a couple of free throws, but they were not hitting shots. And it was because UConn, if they got a, if the Aztecs and if an Aztec got into the lane on a dribble drive, there was someone to shut down that lane, able to recover to his man. If the ball was being kicked around the perimeter because they had an opening, they're hitting the rotations. They're recover. I mean, they're digging that. I mean, it it was a clinic, and that was it was just discipline, me. man. Like they just oh was my so God. disciplined on defense, man. And they, it was like dudes in the lane, pump faking, switch like moving good footwork. And I mean, UConn is not budging, not budging. They, they had lying. to help. They had the shot blockers coming over from the weak side. Like, I mean, just it was when you say massive. defensive clinic. That's what that was. It was a it was a defensive clinic. Like absolutely. Absolutely. And that's and I don't like, think no team that would have got there, no matter if they no team was messing with that. I think, you know, so UConn got in. I think they were under so there was their rec, their record in the non-con was undefeated. They did not lose a game in the non-conference. All of their losses came in their conference in the big east they got as high ranked as high as number two in the season they defeated one of the few teams to defeat alabama this year um they got into the non into their conference schedule and i think they lost like six in a row like either either six in a row like five or six and uh five of the next six games at one stretch and so you know i think the stock on them dropped but i mean i honestly did not watch enough of big east basketball to be up on them or marquette or creighton 
or any of those teams in the tournament. But I mean, I mean, shout out to Danny Hurley, man. He had those boys ready to play. Not only, but then even on the offensive game, like offensive side, their sets are really crisp. Like it's not one of those teams where they're running these sets where they're just simply trying to like, I'm going to pick on Virginia because I feel like Virginia does this where they run sets basically to try to hope that you make a mistake. You lapse for a second defensively to get a good, to get a shot. No, they're running sets. So to get this personal look, to get it down in the post, uh, they give any look they want it. And it wasn't because, you know, that, that San Diego State wasn't trying and wasn't trying to play defense. It was just a clinic, man. Yeah. Yeah. And San Diego State, one of the, of the floor. Yes. And San Diego State's one of the better defensive teams in the league. I mean, in, in the NCAA. So it's not like they were doing it against bums. Like they were just right. able to execute. They got out and ran, got points in transition off of turnovers, man. Like it was just a really, really good team i don't think this is a great team it's not an all-time team but just a really good team that put together a really dominating tournament performance so shout out to them man and like this season as someone who tapped into the season once football season was over and i think i said this going into the tournament um i just there was no great team teams could get hot for a second but then they would have a clunker or they wouldn't play up to their level that they had played previously Mm -hmm. and i think you saw that throughout this tournament where you have a KU who ends up falling in the second round. Um, Marquette, who was a two seed, right? Like you have a final four with no seed higher than four, which is UConn. That's crazy. Um, And so, I mean, it was just the parity is at an all-time high. And you're seeing, again, I've talked about this before, you've seen this paradigm shift in recruiting where the Blue Bloods are not the ones who are stacking up all these five-star recruits. Now with NIL, I think everybody thought NIL would be the thing that changed the game for the worst for these smaller schools. You're seeing mid-majors, you're seeing the FDUs, you're seeing Fordham, Princeton, I'm Fordham, you're seeing Princeton, um, you're seeing FAU, right, make this run. And if they don't collapse in that semifinal, they would have been in the title game. And I, and I honestly right. think FAU might have been a better matchup for UConn than San Diego State because San Diego State was prone to stretches of offensive ineptitude. So, you know, but you're seeing these kind of where did these schools come from make these kind of runs and you're going to continue to see it, I think, in my opinion, because of the transfer por- transfer portal um, and because you don't have the continuity from year to year between teams. If a team gets hot, they can make a run. And I'll say this before before we move on. I hope it continues to happen because so I ended up in Houston for a funeral um, or in Beaumont, which is about an hour, a little bit of an hour outside of Houston. And so if I would have been able to like get down to Houston, say on Wednesday or Thursday, really lock in with my family, spend time with my family come Saturday, I would have been back in Houston to go to a final four game. Why? Because those tickets were the cheapest I've ever seen. Um, The title game, you could have got down into the, the lower bowl for like a hundred before after taxes, 200 bucks. That ain't bad at all at all. Listen, the cheapest I'll ticket last that. year. Yeah, I'll drop li- that in heartbeat. The cheapest ticket last year when you had Duke, Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova, all blue bloods. When you had that semifinal day, the cheapest ticket was like thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and that it, was to it, sit like where you be doing this, right? <laughs> trying to see the action, right? Um, and so like I'm like I. I as a Carolina fan, I would love for them to win a national championship and win. And, but if I want to be in attendance and say I went to a Final Four, I need FAU back. 
<laughs> I need San Diego State back. In I finally East found Indiana. me a team, man. I finally found me a team, and I'm rocking with him, man. K-State? Yep. Man, no like, going to the league, man. He's not coming still, back. It ain't even just him, bro. Like, and, 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 and this is how I like it because, you know, when you find a team, it should be organic, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's kind of how it happened. I didn't, I didn't pick K State to go nowhere in 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 in, in, in the bracket. Honestly, like my lady, she was all on. She like she's picked K State to win it all, with you know, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but I was like, there's no way. But I started watching them, and I'm like, I like this team. Then you start hearing some of the stories. And sad thing is, like, we got all hype. We became K State fans. We like we K State. That's the team. We go, we go buy shirts and everything. The day we buy the shirts, the day they lose. <laughs> it's our fault. But no, nah, like I'm rocking with K State, man. Like I like I organically just started liking them. And it was based on like the lady was rocking with them. Like I said, she picked the bracket like K State all the way. And I'm like, no, nah, there's no way they even make it past. I think I had them losing in the 32. <laughs> like, yeah, but no, nah, man. I know he going to the I hope he goes to the league. I hope his size doesn't doesn't, you know, knock on. But I think even if you don't get drafted, somebody will give him a shot. And I think if you give him a shot, he'll he'll do his thing. Here's my only knock with him, because he made me mad, because he pulled some LeBron-type stuff on the final thing of the game. Take the shot, man. Don't pass the ball. Uh, man. I, bro, but that's where being 5'8 is a disadvantage. Uh, I don't care. I'd rather you that's get your shot a lot. Nah, bro, like – like, because if he takes that shot, it would have been like a logo three because they had him almost triple team, I think. At he a probably point. hits that joint. Nah, man. <laughs> at like, least he nah. gets it off. Like, dude, didn't nah. get a shot off, man. You got to do the right thing there. You got to oh, get the man. pass out. And he got it off to a guy who could make it, who was taller, who could make a shot from distance like that. He just, he fumbled the pass. And when he went back yeah, up to man. shoot it, he got stripped. Because he, he wasn't ready for the situation, man. Nah, he made the right play in that situation. <laughs> it was he the right play. The right I won't like the right play. I mean, know. listen, I'll say this about K State. I like Jerome Tang. Um, yes, he's a longtime assistant at Baylor with uh, Scott Drew. First year as a head coach, and they make what the Elite Eight. Um, yeah. And so, like, I really like him, and I'm curious to see, you know, if Keontae Johnson. I'm pretty sure he's going to leave. Yeah. Um, obviously, Noel has said he's he's put his name in for the draft. If not, if those guys come back, is, is Keontae a, a junior? I thought he was a senior. I, he is a senior. Um, so he had a little bit of his story. He had a heart issue. I believe he yeah, I've seen that. on the Clash. court while he was at Florida, sat out, uh, came right, transfers to, to K-State. So, I mean, like he is at a – and he was thought to be like a high draft pick prior to all the health issues. So, so he get another year he, eligibility? I – you know, I got to look into that. He okay. – um, I had to look and see if he still has uh, another year. I'm assuming he might because he basically sat out a year – because mm-hmm. of the, the oh, medical issue. issue. So he might still have one more. But again, he's 22, you know, at the in the uh, NBA, yeah. like that be the longer you wait to get into the league, age becomes a negative for you, right? Yeah, um, if he has so, a chance, like if his agents do some research and he has a chance to get drafted or get you know picked up after that and get a chance he got to take. Yep. Yep. So I I I assume he's gonna put his name in the ring in the hat to, to at least be evaluated, maybe go to the combine because they've they've pushed the deadline back to allow you to get a little bit more evaluation of, to be able to hear more from teams on whether okay. or not you, you have a chance to be drafted or where where you might be drafted. And so if, I think if he hears, if he gets positive feedback, I assume he's going to leave, right? So he can start yeah, working should. on getting to that second contract. But yeah, man, like I like Jerome Tang and I hope that 
he is someone that will continue to build good teams and, and have a competitive squad. Now, my question is, is how long is he going to be at K-State, right? Because right, K-State's not – it's not it's not historically known as one of those places where if you're going to be a great coach, you're going to stay forever. Yeah, he started right. winning. He's going to get some calls. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, listen, I rock with Hubert Davis at, at uh, North Carolina. But if Hubert don't get his act together in the next two years, you know, hey, and if K-State's still putting up good squads, I wouldn't be mad at them reaching out to Jerome Tang to see, you know. If he has to take it. If Carolina to. comes calling, Absolutely. Absolutely. You got it. You got to take it. So, but we'll see, man. I, I, that's not a bad team to pick, but I'm just, I'm just saying like next year, if they, you know, 14 and 14, don't say you hey, weren't. Man, listen, listen, bro. <laughs> I, I've been, I've been through the, the chiefs, <laughs> chief season before pre Patrick, pre Andy Reed. And I've been, I, I've been through the Lakers season <laughs> that, that, that was not listening. So I, I, I know how to lose gracefully. <laughs> okay, you know, like cool. I, I know I, I know how to sit through some tough seasons. Bet it up, bet it up. All right. So before we move on to to talking about the women's game, uh, first of all, I want to shout out to Blake Fox. Uh Blake Fox was the winner of our bracket challenge. He picked UConn to win. Um, and so his bracket, I think he had I think he only had UConn was his only Final Four team. I don't have the bracket in front of me, but they ended up winning. So congrats to him. Um, I think of the people that we know that are closest to us. Uh, shout out to the homie uh, Jesse Abbey's son, Jackson Abbey, finished third. So I think he picked uh, Bama to win. So if Bama would have won it, he would have won it. So he was the of, of the people that we know in our circle. He was the one who finished the best. I have no idea where my bracket was. I'm pretty sure it was near the bottom. Um, mine was trash. So, mine was but yeah, trash. man. But I, salute like to everyone. Like last, man. Salute to everyone who participated. We thank you. We'll do it again next year. And yes, Blake, I did. We reached out to him today, made contact, and made sure he was paid. Uh, who you winning it all? Um, I had UCLA. Um, Me too. And I, I honestly thought UCLA would have won it had they not. They suffered too many injuries. Um, they lost I, one I of them. UCLA winning too, so we're on the same page. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Yeah, once they lost their big man, and then Drew Timmy went off for like eighty billion points in a row. Um, you know, so, so you know, so that's you know, it is what it is. Um, and I thought they were going to win that game when they hit the jumper. I thought maybe they could hold on, but then they come back and hit the the stupid Villanova play. Um, oh my god and i just leave it at that i just leave it at you that, hit that shot you, you deserve to win at the end of the day you deserve to win for sure for you hit, sure you hit that shot you deserve to win all right so let's talk about this women's game so you know sunday the women's uh championship game went down um i'm gonna say south carolina iowa versus lsu uh entertaining game uh, one of the highest, if not the highest scores, women's final ever. I believe the final score was like 101 to 92 or something like that. Um, LSU in, uh, shoot, now it's, people call her Bayou Barbie, and now I can't think of her name. Kim Mulkey wins her first championship in LSU, um, the first championship in LSU women's history as well. Um, but the game did not end without some controversy. At the end of the game, Angel Reese um, had a couple of things to say to star player Caitlin Clark. Um, she did the 
I I feel like this is the Tony. It's known as the John Cena thing, but I feel it's like Tony Yayo. Yeah, this was Tony Yayo yeah, thing. Anybody first, know hip hop you know. history? No, that's the yeah. Tony Yayo. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so we're gonna call it the Tony Yayo. Hits her with the Tony Yayo. Then she points to the ring finger. Follow as as the clock's winding down. Follows behind her. Does this again. Points to the ring finger as the clock runs down. Then goes and celebrates with the team. And so this started a massive uproar on social media with people um, calling her classless, um, calling her an idiot with an expletive in front of it. Um, you know, and I'm pretty sure there were worse things that were said, but that was just said by the by visible media members um, upset about her talking trash. She did not back down. She doubled down on it by saying, look, I heard what y'all said about me all year. Y'all call me ghetto. Y'all call me hood. But I'm being me. I'm going to continue being me. Um, and I do this for for people who look like me, for young women who look like me, who maybe want to play ball and feel like they have to play a certain way. Um, Caitlin Clark, you know, was it was, you know, um, she downplayed it. And even today she did an interview where she was like, look, she gets to talk her talk. Let her talk her talk. Um, so I'll ask you. Right. I know you didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I mean, you caught wind of the yeah. uproar. I'm pretty sure you guys will talk about this on your podcast as well when you guys meet up. So your thoughts on kind of all the uproar that happened around Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Man, listen, this this is the perfect show to talk about it all. It's the black and white thing, right? And that's that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's a, it, yeah. it's a black and white thing. Like Caitlin literally did the same thing the game before, right? And 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 no one says nothing. Now, of course, she didn't go behind somebody following them and, and doing it. But to me, it's no different than Tyreek Hill running past somebody for a touchdown, peace signing in their face, and then, you know, the Bengals getting him back when they won the game and threw the peace sign right back up, right in his face, right? Like, that's sports, man. Like, you're going you to have moments like that. You're going to have trash talk, and you do, like you don't want you don't want to win. That's my, that's always like if, if you don't want the trash talk, you don't want people saying that to you. All you gotta do is win the game. You ain't gotta worry about that. When you talk stuff, and they listen, you know I'm the talker of all talk. I I talk mad stuff. Like I love to, but guess what? When you don't win, you got to be ready for that to come back on you tenfold, right? And that's just the right. way that it, it, you got to be able to carry it. You can't trash talk when you win. And then when you lose, somebody do it to you, and it's a problem. Now, of course, you know, she didn't have a problem with it, don't seem, but media do. But it's the same media that didn't say nothing about her doing it. So it's like, hey, if you ain't going to say nothing about her doing it, this person, she didn't, she didn't bust her tail all year for this. She deserved to talk a little trash talk. And the only thing she did was like, all right, cool, right back at you. You can't see me. And you definitely can't see me now because I got that ring. Right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think – so I have a lot of thoughts. I have a couple of well, about three or four things I like to say about the situation. I do think this was overblown. I do think your point of this being a black and white thing um, was clear. And I mean, it became a thing when South Carolina played Iowa in the national semifinal. Mm. And granted, you know, first of all, let me let me start here before I even get into this situation. First, let me apologize to the women's game. Right. The women's game. You know, I. Football season takes so much of my attention. And when it's finally over, I turn automatically to the pro to the NBA and start trying to follow that and keeping up with that. And I kind of have, you know, I'm looking over to the 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 men's game 
kind of sporadically. I'm following, I'm watching just about every Carolina game. I'm watching some other men's games, but I'm not paying attention to the women's game until we get to tournament time. And I owe y'all an apology. Your game at this juncture, at this point in time, is a better product than the men's game. Maybe athletically, it's not as athletically pleasing as the men's game from the app, you know, being able to dunk and high flying blocks and all this stuff and all that. But you have the more compelling player. You have the more compelling storylines. You have the better product. The, The final four for the women's game was better than the men's game. And that's including having a buzzer beater with San Diego State and, and FAU. But, like, you cannot name five relevant college basketball players on the men's side. Marquise Noel became a star during right. the tournament. And I even tweeted out in the in the week leading up to the Final Four that the, that the tournament, just from a storyline and an interest standpoint, needed K-State and Noel because of just how greatly he showed out during – his run, but you got Caitlin Clark. You got um, I almost said, I mean, AZ Fudd for Connecticut is a is a dope player, but Paige Becker, she tore ACL, but she's a dope player. You have um Aaliyah Boston. Um, I keep forgetting the name of the guard who plays for South Carolina, but I used to watch mixtapes of her in high school. Like that's how popular she was coming out. Um, and so, like, you have so many of these players. Listen, bro, listen, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You know what I found out while researching women's basketball? There is a basketball player named Beyonce. We have lived long enough to have women named after Beyonce now. Wow. Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. But let me give you the kicker, though. She not black. Oh. She not, <laughs> she's not black. Like, I was looking up, the like, the leading scores in the country. And I'm like, Beyonce B. I'm like, wow. But I'm like, yo, she plays for Idaho. Mm. That was the first clue, right? So I'm like, let me Google. Right. Let me do my Googles. I go and Google her. And lo and behold, Beyonce is white. And I'm like, yo, like, that's going to be crazy in about three or four years when she's done right. with school. And you see, you go into your doctor's appointment. And you're like, who we got today? Beyonce. Beyonce. So, wait, dude. wait. You know what I'm saying? Like. So, like, I would love to know the backstory on how she, how her parents decided to name her after one of the greatest pop entertainers in the world. But, yes, so I found it out. But, again, like, they just have more compelling players that you want to watch and see. You have Angel Reese. You have Alexis Morris. You have uh, Flo J. Johnson, who her dad was a rapper who was murdered, who was named Camouflage, right? So she gets her name from his, his stage name, and she raps. And she raps well. Like I watched her rap bars on I ninety five, and I'm like, "Hey, bro, hey, she that's who not I, that, bad." That's who I watched today, bro. She can rap, fam. You know what I'm saying? And so you have like all these compelling figures and these com- compelling players that you want to see. Zaya Cook is her yeah. name. That's a young lady from South Carolina who I used to watch her. I watched her mixtapes like in high school. Like she was a like she was dominating back in high school, and so going forward right like next year i'm going to make sure i tune in to the women's game and watch the women's game because like like i said at this point because there is a little bit more continuity in terms of having the same players the star players stay stick with their teams and come back year after year even though angel reese was a transfer from maryland she started out of maryland was at lsu this year so there's more there's less transfer portal messiness the best players are sticking with their teams. They're, there's 
enough parity where you still get the top seeds who will make it. You get your South Carolinas, your LSUs, your Iowas, but then you'll have, um, I think it was Maryland who shot a team. Louisville kind of goes on a run, right? So, I mean, it's, I'm going to be locked in. Once football season is over, I'm going to be locked in on the game. So, oh, y'all, an apology. Yeah, I'm definitely going to tap in more because I, I didn't pay attention to them none. And it was it was the final four. And I would say, like, I, I was I was off doing something. My lady, you know, was watching it. She started posting how exciting the, the, the women's game was. I'm like, you know, I'm like, couldn't have been that exciting. And then you start hearing all how excited the championship game was. I'm mad I missed it because everybody was hyping it up. I'm like, all right, so maybe I need to to tap into this a, a, a little bit heavier than, than what I gave it. This final four could be a turning point in at least I don't know if it'll translate to the WNBA, but at least in the women's game, it could be a turning point because like a lot of people, I mean, people who I don't normally like I'm casual, casual uh, college women's college basketball fan. So I at least know who some of the relevant names are, who some of the teams are. But I'm seeing people I've never seen talk about the game like, yo, I'm watching South Carolina and, and Iowa. I'm watching LSU in Iowa and so you know like that kind of brings us back kind of full circle to this point of it became a black and white thing and it was apparent when you have this all black South Carolina team this all white except for I think one mixed um, young lady on the Iowa team and yeah it became a thing right it's and it's in part because we don't know how to act right we don't know how to how to take kind of these well, I mean, the obvious, right? You have a black, white and not just kind of keep it focused on the sport. But instead, we bring in our biases, our prejudices, our rooting interests into this. And it became a racialized thing. You have yeah. Don Staley who comes out and makes this statement about um, a major media member making kind of uh, bigoted, racist comments, racialized comments at, at, at best, racist comments at worst about, you know, them being... Uh, she didn't say thugs. I, the word monkeys definitely was thrown out there um, okay. along with some others. So that's like racist, right? Along yeah. with some other like stereo stereotype coded language against her team. And so now like that just lit the, lit the fuse, right? And it exploded. And so you get to this championship game where again, you have an all white team, a predominantly black team playing each other and everybody's drawn, everybody's drawn their lines. Right. And so I want to say this about I, I I am with you. Trash talk is fine with me. I do think that Angel went too far when she walked behind her. And is doing this again and pointing to the ring. You had already made your point at the free throw. Right. Line. You can't see me. I, I'm 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 the I'm the woman. Right. This is my house. Yada, yada, yada. You'd already made your point there. Right. You didn't have to kind of add on to it because potentially. If Caitlin Clark is feeling away, now I'm not saying she can beat her up, but if she starts a confrontation, now we're talking about the ending of this game being marred by this altercation that you would have ignited, right? Like you would have been the instigator in that moment. And so, like for me, I'm fine with her. Like I said, I'm so I want to be clear. What I'm not saying is that Angel cannot be passionate, that she cannot talk her talk. I retweeted her talking her talk. I, and I with and I said it with that in the quote tweet. Absolutely. Get your bars off, but don't be an instigator in that way because you could end up hurting yourself and your team in the process. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And like you said, 
when it comes back on you, please make sure that you're able to keep your head and not respond because again, right. you could hurt your team or yourself with your response. So it's coming back. Uh, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> it's coming back. Like, it's going to happen. And, and I think, and I, I heard Bomani Jones say this, and I think it's fair. He talked about how that both South Carolina and LSU felt a way about how Caitlin Clark was being covered versus how they were being covered. And maybe there was no racist animus behind it, but being a black person, right? It's like, you know, when you're in a room with a white person and they say something where they don't mean harm, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah. like he should, right? It's like one of those things where like, it's not that something bad is happening to you. It's just the vibe. It's the feeling behind it where it's just like, man, this don't feel right. It don't feel, it don't sit right. And I think they felt that. And I think, especially from the LSU standpoint, I put it to you like this. The coverage of that title game felt like, come see Caitlin Clark featuring the Iowa Hawkeyes with special guests, LSU. Like, it just felt, you know what I'm saying? Like, it felt like it was all about her and then everybody else was a sideshow. And listen, she has earned that through her play. Like, she is a beast. She's a beast. She's earned that through her play. Right. But I think at the same time, you have to be able to make room to talk about these other teams. The, I'll give you another example. This is probably how Bengals fans feel about the Chiefs is that you got Joe Burrow or you got Patrick Mahomes and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Look at the no look passes. Look at look at all the different arm angles. Look at what he look at how he escapes trouble here. Look at what he's doing. And then when you have Tyreek and Travis, who are still there. You got the greatest tight end ever. You got one of the fastest wide receivers ever. Look at look at how fast they can score. You're hearing all this stuff, and you're the Bengals, and you're beating the Chiefs. And you're like, yeah, 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 you beat them. But look at Patrick. And it's like, yo, no, wait. We got a squad, too. Like, you got to put some respect on our name, too. Like, we're beating them. We're the only team with a winning, winning record against him. Like, talk about us in the same fashion that you talk about them and him. And so I think they felt slighted in the coverage. They used that as motivation. And when they won, it became like a, yeah, that's what's up. That exactly right. Yeah. Right. You can't see exact right. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it spilled over in that way because they felt like they weren't getting the coverage that they deserve. And they probably felt some kind of way of, yo, like y'all giving this white girl all this praise and y'all not talking about us. And so we yeah, might show you. As they should. That's my thing. It's like if like sometimes respect is gonna be given. And sometimes you got to take it, mm. and, and and that's just, and, and that and that's just what it is. Patrick Mahomes, like we're using that example, has took it because every, they they keep trying to find a way to take it from him. And if we've been honest, like you know, if we want to talk the race thing, like it's true, national media would much rather have a white face be the face of every league that that's happening and that's that's the truth that's why it continues to be burrow herbert josh allen who has no credentials to even be mentioned with mahomes at this time but yet every year a new one comes out and they try to give them oh this must be the best quarterback this is the best court like no it's not close and the moment they tried to take it from him again and give it to burrow the difference was burrow had a chance to take it it didn't win the super bowl Patrick Mahomes took it back and then went and won the Super Bowl when he took it back so he can cancel all the noise, right? They 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 want to paint it that. 
the NBA try won't they want to do it this hard because it's so dominant in there. But they try to do it with Joker. If he wins the MVP again over, over, over um our boy in the 76ers, th- that's exactly what they are doing. <laughs> so I'll say this about Joker. I think that could be true, right? I'm not going to dismiss that, but I think just like Caitlin Clark, he's just so like he's good. The first, yeah, the first the first <laughs> year, the, the first year he got it. I'm trying to think how where they finish in the standings. They might have finished like third in the standings the first year. Got it. Last year, everybody like the the big time players on this squad, uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. get hurt. He they get a six seed, and so he kind of was like, "Okay, you did it without any help." Now they have the best record in the West, right? And so now it's just like, "Well, dang!" Like triple double machine. I think up until like maybe a month or two ago, they were undefeated when he when he got a triple double in the game. Um, they might have lost two or three since then, but you know, number one seed in the West. Now, granted, the West is kind of taking a hit this year in terms of overall quality, but yeah. he's still number. The West is still considered the stronger conference, and so like it's now. It's like, well, dang. But you're right. Like, I do think, like, Joel and B, man, it's going to be tough. Right now, Vegas odds have him as the favorite. But it was in part because right after the Kendrick Perkins things ha- thing happened, the Nuggets went on a slide. They lost, like, three or four in a row or, like, four or five. And then you had an eight-game winning streak for the Sixers happen at the same time. And it's just like, well. And, I ain't and Joel like, was Kaylin, balling. Kalen's a hooper. And so, so is Joker. Like he, they, they are hoopers. But you've seen it. Like, you know, as many MVPs as Jordan won, he should have won more. Right. If we're being honest, Probably. off some of the number, LeBron should have won some more, off some of the season that he had. But yet they didn't want to really give it to him back to back, like, like, like that. But I mean, I mean, but that's what I'm saying though. But like, but he, LeBron was not losing to white players. He was losing to Derrick Rose. Yeah, right? that's like because he, there wasn't another white player that could have been there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like, 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 like they wanted. They, they, they wanted to be the face. It's just hard because we are so, we are so good. But, 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 but they try. Like, you got. We almost got to like do something dynamic to, 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 to get it back to back. Like, you got to break records. Like, if Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have broke their record this year, they'd have found a way to give it to somebody else. They'd have like, oh, Patrick Mahomes didn't break the record. Oh, Jalen Hurts got hurt. Oh, Joe Burrow. <laughs> like, and, like Josh, Josh Allen got a vote. Yeah, I don't see how Josh got. Like, how? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Did he earn a vote? I mean, he won his division, no. right? I mean, Girl, I don't know. I think, I think. Controversially. I, <laughs> controversially, he won his division. I he think played, if they he played up terrible, with he led the league in almost interceptions. Josh Allen yeah. did if, if yeah. you go off the first half of the season, yes. Second half of the season, no. Yeah. Josh Allen was average at best. In the playoffs, average at best. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he got a yeah. vote. Yeah, I mean, I don't. If I'm being honest, I don't, and you know I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't deserve the MVP last year. You don't think so? No. They were number, they were number one seed. He was amazing that uh, in 2021. 20 no his 2020 season was way better than that 2021 season really so who should have got it i don't, I don't, I don't even think he had i don't even think he had four thousand yards passing in 21 now i gotta look what? this up 
And if I'm being honest, I'm not a fan. It, sh- it, it probably should have been Tom Brady. Mm, okay. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Or you still have arguments because Patrick Mahomes put up great numbers still. His interceptions was the only thing up. He didn't even get in. And Josh Allen still got a vote over when Patrick Mahomes didn't. So let me see. 2021. I no, threw for 4,000. He threw, oh, he, threw for 40, okay. he threw for 4,100, a little bit over 4,100 in 2021. Okay. I know it was he brilliant. Almost, yeah, he almost threw for 43 in, two, in 2020. So, you know, not bad. Not bad. But I think Brady's stats blew that out. Yeah, Brady, it was one of the best seasons of his career. It was yeah. one of the best seasons of his career, absolutely. Um, but I mean, I hear your point. I hear your point of a white face and I don't disagree. I've made that very point on the show before Patrick Mahomes showed up. I said, who's going to be the next face? Because I think the media, the NFL media and desires a white face in part because it's all they've ever known, to be completely honest. Right. You've had, you know, Doug Williams here. You've had Warren Moon pop up. You've had Randall Cunningham and uh, you've had black faces. Right. Pop up here and there. But it's all they've ever known. They would right. fizzle out quickly. Like they would stay good, but they wouldn't stay great long. Right, right. And so, you know, so I, I don't disagree with that point. Um, but like I said, I just think it be it became and here's the other part of this too that I wanted to mention. Angel, Angel is, has this attitude, what's in my opinion, right? On the court, there's no one better than me. Like pre-game, she's having a crown placed and, and not like the metaphorical, like I'm doing like this. No. They have a crown they're placing on her head prior to the game, you know. So she already feels it. like I'm the queen. There's no As one better. You than me. should you have the audacity to promote and blast this other woman ahead of me. Oh, I'm about to show. I'm not only am I about to play to well. You. I'm about to show my tail at the same time. Like she talks a lot of trash. I love she it. She talks a lot. As long as you and back so, up, keep talking. Yeah, and so like heavy, you know, heavy, heavy is the heavy is the heavy head though. <laughs> <laughs> like heavy, like you talk the stuff, keep talking, but heavy is the head that wears the crown. You're gonna have to keep it up. Absolutely. And so I want to I want to close on making this point. To me, her actions at the end of the game underscore a troubling, um, what's the word? A kind of a. a to me, something that's troubling within youth sports that I've seen a lot, especially yeah. I've watched clips of kids play in uh, like peewee basketball, peewee football, middle school, high school. And I'm going for the purposes of this conversation, I'm going to loop in uh, college sports. And it's the trend of kids, in my opinion, being disrespectful. It's one thing to be passionate. It's one thing to talk your talk. It's one thing to to let people know that you're great. But to me, we're crossing into this line of when you're walking up behind people. Um, and I want to show this play. This is this play I'm about to show. I'm going to share my screen. For those who watch, who are listening on podcasts, I will describe it for you. Or you can go to the podcast to Brains and Bars on YouTube and check this play out. But it's Mikey Williams. Michael Williams is a one of the best high school players in the country. He's going to play for Memphis next season. And so this is a play from one of his games. So I'm going to share my screen here so you can see what I'm talking about, right? All right, so you got this play right here. Mikey Williams, I want to let it run again. Mikey Williams booms on somebody, dunks on them, 
He's called for a charge, number one. It's a charge call, which, you know, I, uh, I'm kind of skeptical on that. Oh, it's not a charge. It's not a charge. It's a great dunk. It's a poster. But Mikey, after he dunks, he flexes a little bit, starts to talk his talk, and then he walks up on the young man who's on the ground. And not only does he step over him, he steps on him. And listen. Scotty Pippen him. Scotty Pippen them and then stepped on him. And I'm like, bro, like if I'm the team, if that's my teammate, I'm looking at I'll fight. Like, oh, we got to fight. We got to fight. Like, we got like I'm getting up off that floor and I'm, I'm coming after you, bro. I'm like, coming that, that, after you. Like, and I'm wondering, where's the referee? Fight, like, you can't, right. Where's the ref to come and stop that? To, to want to tee him get a up. To, I mean, I don't know. I don't see a tech. He should have got a tech. I don't, I mean, look yeah. at that. Like, it's a it, incredible it play, incredible it play. Is. Like I don't, I don't want to. And he walked over, looked down at him. Why? Like it ain't like you know, he kind of could have. Like it was an accident, you know. But because I mean, he did fall underneath him. He could have just stopped and stepped over him. But you walk over this man, look down at him, step. I on mean, him. part of me like I love it, but then it's like if that's me on the floor, me come on, like my teammate should be fighting him right now. We we about to borrow. Like it's it's yeah. about to be a brawl, and so like you know like I want I want for for coaches, and I don't know what has happened between. And again, I see this in Pee Wee, I see it in middle school, I see it in high school. Not so yeah. much in a college game because it's more regulated, right? And not in the pro game, they're not letting that kind of thing happen either. But I want you know people. I somebody's gonna listen to this or watch this. They're gonna say, well, well, if the if the pros wouldn't do it, I'm like, nah, bro, you're not seeing that in the pros. Right, you not well, you don't like, I see. Think a little, I think a little little dude score on somebody. Yeah, he did the too small. Yeah, I mean Patrick Beverly does that to LeBron, but it's Pat Bev. You know what I'm saying? Right. Shout out to Russell it's, Westbrook. Pat Bev trick y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like he, but nobody's taking Pat Bev seriously. And again, even if they do that, he's not walking up on LeBron and then doing the too small and then bumping him in the chest because he know better. He's right. not one. He's going to get attacked. Two. Bron might yeah. react. Uh, Bron doesn't. I'll give Bron this. He had a lot of people try him. He doesn't really react too much. You know what I'm saying? And so I just want we are at that age where we are the ones who are coaching these kids, right? right? Maybe you have some late generation Xers who are coaching these kids. We have to do a better job of instilling in them better values. Again, be demonstrative, be demonstrative, be passionate, talk your talk. No one is saying you can't talk your talk. But there's a right. clear line between talking your talk and antagonizing somebody. And I don't want to see someone hurt them, their team themselves or get physically hurt because they push in the envelope. And somebody like, yo, my mama watching this. You're not about to do this to me in right. front of my, my girl watching this. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody yeah. going to go, oh, boy. Well, I, right can't be the, I can't be the dude that just got walked over and didn't do nothing. Like, like nah, man, my, my reputation on the line now. Like, and I, I got to I respect the young man for not reacting because I would have reacted. I, I would have reacted. Good job of not reacting. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, "Oh boy, for white men can't jump." I'm gonna go at least to my, my car. Should have reacted. Get my other gun. <laughs> shoot everybody. Like, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you got. I gotta chill out. So I, again, I, uh, I would love to see the adults kind of take control of the situation at the grad. I would have loved Kim Mulkey to pull pull Angel to the side and say, "Angel, like you, your points made. Like, come on, you gotta yeah, chill out. Yeah. Gotta chill out." But man, it's, let us know. It's, it's a real oh, fine line. It's a fine line. It's really yeah. Let line. let us know what y'all think about that, man. Um, hit us up at Brains and Bars on Twitter and Facebook. Let's let's get into this football real quick before we shut call it a night, shut it down. So, 
Um, the Chiefs have, I mean, for all intents and purposes, right? They have they're done with free agency. They're probably turning towards the draft. Um, they get Jawan Taylor. Um, who are some of the other moves that they've made? They get Jawan Taylor. They sign uh, yeah, my guy from um, Charles O'Minihue from yeah. San Francisco. Um, was what did they from the Ravens? Safety was it? Really? Was his name? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I'm. Hold on, I don't remember his name either. Now I gotta look it up. Uh, it was a player. Oh, Mike Edwards from uh, yeah, Tampa yeah. Mike Edwards Tampa, from Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. absolutely. Yeah. I did, I'm like, as I started to type it in, it came back to me. So I wanted, I wanted to have you on a, to ask a couple of a couple of questions. One, you know, I think Frank Clark had some tweets that to me were kind of subtweets towards the Chiefs about them not re-signing him, about some of the things that he fought through to get back on the field and injuries he played through and you feeling like he was not being off of fair market value. You look at some of these other players who have left, uh, who are, you know, uh, McCole leaving. You have um, Frank Clark leaving, right? You look at um, OBJ Orlando Brown Jr. leaving, right? Some of these guys have been key contributors to championship teams who they have not repaid. And I want to shout out to MC Reach, uh, Reach on Twitter. He talked about that the Chiefs might be getting this reputation for being cheap and not wanting to resign and not valuing their own players and wanting to bring them back. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, do you think that Brett Veach is cutting, not, not valuing his own players enough and letting them walk in free agency. Um, I won't say he's not valuable. I, I think I think he is very like budget conscious. I, I, I will I will call him. He has his price. Anybody who who operates in a strict budget like me, like I, I don't operate a strict budget. Once the bills is paid, let's ball out, right? It's not, <laughs> not the way you probably should be. Don't be like Reese, right? Don't do that, right? Like, that's not the way you should be. Beach is like, bills is paid, but I got to make sure we straight three to four, five, six, seven. That's what good GMs do, right? So he's like, here's my price. We winning. You can take this price and stay and keep winning, or you can bounce and see what it's like on the other side, right? The moment that he traded Tyreek Hill, everybody else should have been like, I'm expendable. The, mo- the, the, the moment that he was like, hey, Tyreek Hill, this is my price, basically second p- highest paid receiver in the league. And Tyreek Hill, like, I want to be first. And Beach like, no, nope, well, that's what you want. Man, just don't get mad. Cool. You know, I'm gone. Like, that, that that's where it is. Like, I feel like, and then people, what, what I think really what happens is Beach has his hard ah. price. And then when people, win Super Bowls, their value goes up too. And they feel like, I just won a championship, Frank Clark. I just made all these sacks of plays in the playoffs. I've, I've shown what I can do. So here we go. Pay me. You know, all of them. Warren Thornhill, Miko, McCole Hardman, like all these guys just came off Super Bowls. You know, um, Colin Saunders, like who played decent and good in certain, in certain areas to help the Chiefs. But it's like, you you do this, and now you're a Super Bowl winner. You want to be paid like a Super Bowl winner. And guess what? We can't pay everybody. And and Beach does a good job of preparing for departure before departure happens. Yeah. So, I, honestly, the moment they took Cook in the second round of safety, 
I don't care how good of a season Thornhill had. He was gone. Right? Once Cook showed that he can he, he can come in and, and do decent, they're like, all right, we, we think we are right here. You know, the moment Karloffis got drafted first round, they're like, all right, Frank, you know, you took a pay cut, but still your number is this high. We want to keep you, but we want to keep you at this price. If you feel like you value value more than that, go see. What we're seeing right now is he's getting that veteran DN treatment like a Carlos Dunlap, um, a Melvin Ingram. That's the type of treatment he's probably getting in free agency, which probably will get him landed, if not back with the Chiefs, somewhere else on a one-year, two-year deal for the rest of his career, like a Justin Houston. A, a, like, that's where it's at. You're 30 years old, basically going into next season. You know, you haven't produced that much during the season. And I like Frank Clark. I have grown to like Frank Clark because I thought we should have got rid of him last year. This year, he came in more mature. His his mentality and mindset kind of changed. You can see what he's pouring in. I want Frank Clark back with the Chiefs, but it's a price. I don't feel like Beach is being cheap. Beach is like, first of all, I got to stay young. And I think that's, you know, that that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, I, I got to stay young. Juju, you did cool. You didn't do great. So here's the price. Like you didn't you didn't break a thousand yards. You was often injured, you know. So we want to keep you, but we want to keep you at this price. You want more than this? Appreciate your time. Like, and that that's how I gotta be. McCole, hey, you did some valuable things for us, but you never were like a star. Like none of these people that's leaving, if if we're being honest, outside of the Tyreek Hill trade, Frank Clark, listen, bro. You, you can't complain. You got your bread off some subpar seasons, if we being honest. Like, you you got paid. Orlando Brown Jr. Like, the market showed that the Chiefs was right. That's, that, that's my thing. It's like, if you really look at where all these players are going and the money that they got, none of them got bread. The Chiefs could have brought probably each one of them back for the same price they got on free agent. So the Chiefs is like, you know, if that's what you got, we could have brought you back for that. But we've been we've been the one having you made you into this. Yeah, you should give us a little hometown discount because we need the cap space. If you don't, cool. And in, in the market show, why Thornhill didn't get no big payday? Colin Saunders got a got a solid payday for what he does, but it wasn't a huge payday. Like it wasn't a Juju's payday wasn't great. You know, like all of them was just fair market deals. So to me, when it happens like that, it, Orlando Brown should have took the deal last year the Chiefs gave him because this deal he just took was way underneath that. It's like it proves that Beach has valued these people, in my opinion, in the right manner. Now, should he pay to keep them a little, keep some people around to show people that you take care of your own? Yes, I think he'll show that. Hopefully, with Chris Jones still waiting on that. You know, I think. Now, if he lets Chris Jones walk, then I'm going to jump on board with y'all and be like, yeah, he might be a little cheap, right? But if he takes care of, like, you only got so much money you go around. And if you look at every team from big contracts, you're only going to see three to four to five. And that's just Patrick Mahomes is one right now. Taylor, the one we just brought in for, you know, is one. Tooney's getting paid bread. Right, so you 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 got that right there in, in in three players. Then you got Chris Jones getting paid bread. So you got four really big contracts with some other people that's coming up that you know you have to make a decision on, like a Legarius Sneed. You know, we we grateful to get Travis Kelsey at some of the discounted rate that we that we've been getting with him. 
you know. So you only you only can pay so many. You got all these rookies that just played. They gonna come up for some contracts. You got to think about that. True, true, true. I mean, I am surprised that they let Saunders walk simply because I thought he seemed to be better in run defense than Naughty had been. Like I felt like at a yeah. certain point Saunders had replaced Naughty on the line Absolutely. because he was he would show himself to be a better run defender and because I don't of his feel like Naughty even touched I, I don't feel like Saunders even touched it. I think he's still trending up. Like I don't feel like he's re- because he had a couple of injury seasons. Like last year was his first full season. Wow, he he started looking better as the season went. Um I, I I'm I was I was badly brought Naughty back, but they, he gave him a player deal. Naughty, you know, Saunders was like, "No, nah, I got to go chance to get some bread. I'm gonna go get my bread. I'm not mad at him. I wish we'd have kept one over the other, but there's no way Saunders takes the deal that we just gave Naughty." Fair enough, fair enough. So, going into the draft, what are what positions still need shoring up? Whether it be we need to find someone who could be a potential starter or for depth purposes. I think you go edge. I think that that that's that's the biggest to me. I think you got to go edge first round. And, and I know a lot of people are screaming offensive tackle, offensive tackle. I feel like the Chiefs honestly um, are okay with with name. You know, he had the injury because he was starting before he got the injury. He wasn't like he wasn't doing bad. He wasn't doing bad. Wiley didn't take his spot. He got injured, and Wiley got put in there. And Wiley just had such a solid season. Right, that they like because we could have resigned Wiley. We like, no, I think they are okay with name. I think they'll draft a tackle, most likely a swing tackle, somebody that's played both in college that can, that can go left or right. And in that way, you know, if our guy Taylor doesn't pan out on the left side, they're, they're okay. So, I, I, re- I really think that's the route there. I think Edge would be first, I'll, I think receiver comes second. I think they're going to go get them a guy in the second round and probably trade up and try to get them a, a, a receiver and get a true X guy this time uh, since they haven't really had that since Sammy Watkins. Um, I think edge and receiver are either going to go first and second round. Um, I, I really would love to see them trade up in the first round and go get them a receiver. I feel like this draft is a little deeper in edge and you can find a solid edge guy in the, in the second and third. Um, receivers, man, you know, it's, it's a couple of – I would say receivers that come with different skill sets, but not full all around receivers out there. Right. So I wouldn't, you know, it was Trey Palmer. I wouldn't be mad at him. You know, he, you know, he brings a lot to the table that may be there in the fourth or fifth, but he's not going to be that every down guy coming out the gate. I think you got to go get somebody that can come in and start right away. Honestly, is, is what they need. Like I like Tony, but injury prone. We've seen that MVS is, Every, every the person we thought he was, you know, like he gonna show flashes, but then he gonna show, you know, drops and all of that. And I mean, I'm high on Sky Moore, but I think even that Sky Moore ceiling, we're looking at an 800, 900 yard guy. I think Sky Moore can give you what Juju gave. I really do. He runs the intermediate short routes well. So, um, I think receiver edge, and then um, I think they'll still go. I actually think they'll go cornerback pretty higher than what most people are thinking. I, I really do. I think they'll go cornerback probably third or fourth round. I don't think most people are thinking that because they're like, oh, Jalen, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, they play great. But the cornerback position is so volatile. And, you know, if they go high, 
I think it's a, it's it's because they're going to let Snead walk at the free agent. If they don't go high, then they 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 probably have a plan to resign Snead. If we don't see Snead resign before the draft and they go cornerback high, bye bye to Snead at the end of the year. I guarantee you. Dre- I hope. Not. I hope not. Beach, I hope not. Beach has a pattern, man. If he drafts that position high and somebody coming on a contract year, he's drafting their replacement. He 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 is drafting their replacement. Like he he does it he he does it faithfully. He did it with linebackers two years in a row with Gay and with Bolton. Both people that was in front of them, veterans, gone. <laughs> he, he did it with Cook this year for Thornhill. He 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 tried to do it at receiver with 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 um with with Moore and with Hartman. Right? Like he does it. His second round can kind of tell you. First round is normally like let's fulfill a need. Like we need, we got this immediate need. Let we need to fill this, you know, best available. But it's gonna fulfill a need. Second round is like who coming up on the contract year that we might not resign that we can go young here. Consistently happens. By by the way, I I want to I, I hate the detour because I do have one last question before before we end this. But I'm looking at this Kansas City Chiefs report card and they they rank 29. This is from the NFLPA survey. They rank 29th. And I make this joke all the time about Brett Veach being cheap. I have been saying Brett Veach is cheap for a couple of years now. I, I've said there's nothing Brett Veach loves more than the open box special. He probably, when he needs a new refrigerator, he probably goes to that back part of Nebraska Furniture Mart. And he's like, oh, okay, that refrigerator got a little ding on the left side, but it's going to well, be I'll against the wall. So, we, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. So I'm looking at I'm looking at this report card, and, I mean, maybe this this uh, this – cheap tag needs to go to Lamar I mean not Lamar to Clark Hunt instead of Brett Veach maybe Brett Veach is just carrying out the boss's orders so I'm looking at some of these things right they're showing that they they certain players have roommates less than 50 percent of players feel they have enough room to be comfortable on flights the training table was uh room was said not to be well maintained um you know, yeah. I they had some things to say about Rick Burkholder, who I did no the strength the strength and conditioning coach is the one who retired, not Rick, right? Yeah. But you know, locker room gets a D. Maybe this is you know, maybe maybe, maybe this is man, come up man, to cost the championships, man. Oh no, we not doing that, man. You can't. You the making all this people are the cheapest people. LeBron don't even want to. <laughs> Hey, real talk, LeBron. Like some of the wealthiest people, said he's not paying the five for the blue check. When you, when you when you look at them, they ain't walking around with with, with Jordans and, and and all of that. They'll have a nice crib, and that'll be about it. And they balling. Man, LeBron, LeBron said don't he pay for a check. He, his Pandora still got commercials. That cracked me up. Like, come on, like, man. Like, there are certain things you just can't be cheap on. Like LeBron no, be man. walking around with, with in some off whites, but don't want to pay for the Pandora. Now I'm not trying to hear that, bro. That, like that's how a, you do. My nah, lady you can afford everything. She still don't want to pay for for a premium Pandora. <laughs> you being the cheapskate, man. You being the cheapskate, man. Get the get the Pandora without the ads, bro. Like, come oh, on, you man. worked a billion dollars, and you talking about I ain't paying the five for the Twitter, man. Pay the five for the Twitter. Don't Cut pay it out. the five, LeBron. You deserve to get your blue check without paying Elon Musk. I mean, that's also true. I agree with that at the same time. But if anybody can afford it, it's him. I don't know, man. Come on, I gotta, have, I gotta, I gotta have my premium Spotify. I tried it. I, I canceled it. I listen. I, I let it cancel one time, like here recently. I'm like, you know what, my lady, she let her commercials come on, and, and she's fine. I'm like, you know what. I'm going to try this. I let the Spotify go ahead and cancel. 
one day went by of commercials <laughs> and me not being able to pick the direct song that I wanted to listen to. Not only did I sign me up, I signed up for a joint account. Said, so here you go. Like we got to <laughs> we got to cap like sign up. No more commercial. I couldn't do it. I don't look. I don't, I don't. I don't see. I don't see how they do it, man. Man, listen. I have YouTube Premium, and we're gonna move on to this last question. I got YouTube Premium. <laughs> and like you know the podcast page does not have the youtube this my personal account has a youtube premium and so you know i switch back and forth to post content do the shorts whatever and so sometimes i click on a video and forget to to get back to that 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 premium and that ad start playing say, oh no 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 oh, we got no. oh no main account main account i don't need the ads i don't need the ads i want to be able to have, listen to it without watching the it. groove at night oh my you god <laughs> You trying to get in the groove, but here come this commercial. That ain't got nothing to do with your playlist. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, so final question, man. We're gonna get you out of here. So final question. You talked about the draft. Um, who are some of the names? I know you're working on some draft stuff for Airhead Pride. So what are some who are some of the names that you've seen as you've gone through your draft prep that you are intrigued by? Oh man, I I am high on Felix. Is it I'm gonna call him FAU from K State? I know you're talking uh, about. Yeah. I do K Uzama. I want to. I'll take a stab at it. I am high on him. I'm gonna say Felix and a Duke Uzama. Yeah, him. I, I wouldn't if he's there at 31. I know he's probably ranked a little bit to go early second round, but if he's there at 31, I take him. Um, I already kind of talked about Trey Palmer. Um, Blazing speed, fastest 40 in 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 the combine. Uh, stretches the field, tracks the ball really well. I think losing Tyreek Hill and losing McCole back to back. I feel like Tony is more shift, shifty and quick than he is fast. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to go get you a speed receiver. I am huge on Ke- Keaton Mitchell, man, um, out of East Carolina. I-, I-, I would love to see him in a-, in a later round. I think he'll be there around five or six. I think he brings a dynamic to our running back room that we haven't had in a, in a long time. Um yeah, them was them was probably them was probably like the ones that I'm probably been highest highest on um coming out come come coming out of of the draft that that I think that will be there. That's that that's kind of the key of what I've been looking at like who who may be there for the for the Chiefs to be able to take. I wouldn't mind saying like if if Cam Smith is sitting there at corner. I would I listen, I wouldn't be mad if they if they took him in the first round. Like I wouldn't be mad at it. So, yeah. All right, so I, I would throw out one name out there as we as we get to a close here. You talked about wide receiver; they might trade up. I'm looking at this NFL.com this draft to see exactly where he falls on this list. Wide receiver from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba Dane. They got him Listen, going eleven to Tennessee. If they can get him, I am all on board. I just think it will cost too much to go yeah. up and get the man. But yeah. he is uh, he's the best receiver in this draft. That's how I feel about him. I feel, I like, feel like if they if they can get to like 18, I feel like if you can get to 18, maybe 19, you could kind of justify going up and getting him. Wow, Nolan yeah, Smith. I got him going 19. I don't yeah. think he's gonna be there. That's what like I think he's gonna go top 15. I I mean, look, in this in this mock, he's 11 to to Tennessee. Yeah, I, I, I just did a mock like literally right before we joined. Let me see where he went on. This mock real quick that I just did. I go oh. I so I'm looking. 
While you do that, okay. I'm going to check out ESPN here and see where they got him going. Okay, he went on on the on the mock draft. I did. He went he went 11 on here to Tennessee. Yeah. Maybe maybe they know maybe he's been made a promise because they got him going to Tennessee on this ESPN one too. So maybe like it's Quentin, one of those. Quentin where, Johnston yeah. probably is a more realistic option out of TCU. I I literally just wrote about him because the Chiefs have him coming in for one of their top thirty visits. Um, I like him. I just don't feel like he plays to the to his potential for his size. But he's probably mm-hmm. more realistic. He's been going around the, the between like the seventeen and twenty on most mock drafts I've been doing and seeing. Um, Jordan and Addison. I'm not. I, I just don't like USC guys, but I wouldn't be mad at it. Zay Flowers. I just don't. I I love Zay Flowers. I think Zay Flowers is 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 nice. I just don't want another small receiver. I'm a Zay. I saw Zay Flowers two years ago, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. By the way, we're gonna close on this. We close out on this. I don't know if this is true or not, and I retweeted it, but I saw a report that Bryce Young is being brought to Kansas City for an interview with the Chiefs, and I'm like. Yeah. No, they, there's no way they waste 30 a top 30 visit on a quarterback can i i just let's 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 close the show on this and i hate to close on what, what for you is going to be a negative note let's just say roger goodell walks to the podium and, and announces at the beginning of the draft we would like to announce a trade <laughs> at number one the kansas city chiefs have traded patrick mahomes <laughs> to the carolina panthers in exchange for the first overall pick this year, first overall pick next year, first overall pick three years down the road, and two, three number twos. In Kansas City, this happens. What just – I can't do this without laughing. What is the response? There the- will be a riot in Union <laughs> Station. Like, they will tear Kansas City up. That draft was going to be over. It's done. It ain't enough. It ain't enough. Policemen, mates, guard <laughs> dogs. If they walk to that podium in Kansas City and trade Patrick Mahomes, I don't care what you got for them. This city will. They gonna. It's gonna be a riot. Buildings getting burnt down. TVs getting looted. Bro, I promise you. I'm. A, I'm gonna have me a flash screen. They do that. Couple of. <laughs> I'm looting too. Like that. If they trade Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City deserves to to burn to the ground. Oh my gosh! And I'm, I'm oh, immediately man. a fan of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Now I just want it to happen just so I can see the reaction. I, I oh man! All right, man. That's Reese Nichols, contributor to Arrowhead Pride, one of the co-hosts of Talk That Real podcast. Man, you can find that podcast wherever you get the good podcast you also did what was the name of the one you do with airhead pride what's the name of that one so i can have people check uh, that out kingdom keys is the one we do during the season um i've been on we got a bunch of different draft ones we do so i've been on a couple before the draft but each season is one of them that i that we just been on so yeah so yeah check that out also wherever you get get the good podcast you can check out his his uh his writings at arrowhead pride sb nation site um so just google airhead pride you'll be able to find it um and yeah man i appreciate you until next time it's been a black and white thing please remember you can check out every episode of our show like wherever you find podcasts like talk that real give us five stars 
thank you guys for watching and staying on with us. You can also find us on YouTube by searching that Brains and Bars. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. I am awardmerch.com. I am award.com for all things award related. And until next time, man, we holler at y'all. Gotta take it easy. Holler. Holler.